Good Friday. A special moment where we remember specifically what Jesus did. His life was poured out for us. He experienced the fullness of death so that we might have his life. The final word in our series was what Sarah so beautifully read out. Father, I entrust my spirit into your hands. Could we just take a minute or two? And in your mind's eye, can you just hear these words being spoken? In your mind's eye, can you try and picture just that moment where Jesus spoke? Could we just take a minute or two? Heavenly Father, it is so hard for us to be still. It is so difficult for us to simply just be and know that you are God. Lord, help us to capture on this day that moment where you breathed your last where you entrusted to your heavenly Father, your Spirit. Lord, help us to reflect on that moment where silence came from the cross. Yet that silence was victory. Lord, give us ears to hear and eyes to see. Lord, we open our hearts, speak to us this morning. Lord, may gratitude come from us for what you have done. Amen. This word from the cross, Father, I entrust my spirit into your hands, is the seventh and final word in our series. I'm going to ask Anna to hand out our colouring in books to the kids. All I can offer is a kinder surprise egg for children 
And inside the book, you'll find each one of the words expressed. You'll find a colouring in page. And so kids or parents, you're welcome to colour in the page that we're talking about today. Thank you, Anna. In fact, the words that Jesus speaks from the cross are, are words which are captured in the Psalms. Psalm 31 and verse 5 says, I entrust my spirit into your hand. Rescue me, Lord, for you are a faithful God. And again in verses 14 and 15, I want you to capture the power in these two verses. But I am trusting you, O Lord, saying you are my God. And remember this, my future is in your hands. Rescue me from those who hunt me down relentlessly. My future is in your hands. Jesus is quoting this psalm that was written about him years and years before. And as Jesus speaks of this psalm, this psalm becomes incredibly personalized. It's Jesus, Son of God, talking to Father God. My future is in your hands. Who holds your future today? Who holds your future? In every way, in every sense of the word future, in every sense of your life and its future path and journey, tomorrow and next week and next month and next year, who holds your future? I just want to backtrack a little bit in the passage from Luke 23. Before Jesus utters these words, in verse 45, it says the light from the sun was gone and suddenly the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn down the middle. Then Jesus shouted, Father, I entrust my spirit into your hands. And with those words, he breathed his last. When the Roman officer overseeing the execution saw what had happened, he worshipped God and said, surely this man was innocent. And when all the crowd that came to see the crucifixion saw what had happened, they went home in deep sorrow. There's a few things which occurred here at this point in time that we're reflecting on. I just want to give some reference to this curtain that was torn. This was a curtain that was in the temple, the epicenter of Jewish culture and Jewish life. This curtain separated the Holy of Holies from the rest of the world. There was no access but once per year by one person only. Alfred Eldersham, he was a Jewish Christian who lived in the 1800s. He wrote several books, but I think was well-placed to maybe explore some of the Jewish customs. This is what he said about this curtain in the sanctuary. It was 20 metres tall and 10 metres wide. And the curtain was as thick as my palm. 
Have a look at your palm. If you have a thin palm, look next to you. A thick curtain, that is a lot of material. In fact, it was believed to have been made up of 72 separate squares, sewn together, joined together, woven. Such strength would have been in that curtain. The force required to tear that is more than just symbolic. What Jesus did was the impossible for us. The temple being torn and making a way for us to know our Heavenly Father, for us to be in that place where He is. Jesus did something unbelievably powerful, world-changing. Jesus, as the sky darkened, as the earth quaked, so the curtain was torn in two. This is no simple process to even imagine, let alone witness as those priests watch that curtain being torn. But not just that, but after Jesus passes and breathes his last, A Roman soldier who oversaw the execution, who gave the order to hammer in the nails, who gave the order to have the cross raised up. At the end of the life of Christ, he is overwhelmed and worships Jesus, saying, surely this man was innocent. A Roman worshipping a Jewish rebellious Slave, he was now dead. A Roman soldier who oversaw the torturous crucifixion worshipped him. But more than just that, everybody, the Bible records that everyone who witnessed the crucifixion, everyone who came to see the crucifixion, when Jesus breathed his last, they went home in deep, deep sorrow. Went home in deep sorrow. I want to encourage you today that regardless of what people say about Jesus, regardless of how they use his name, regardless of how they encounter this ancient religion, this this religion that doesn't mean anything more in our culture, this, this Jesus who we don't really understand or know. The power of Christ and his name and what he did still strikes at the hearts of men and women today. And there are people who are today sitting, thinking about this Good Friday moment. And they might feel like they're far away from Christ. They might not even be for Christ, but be against Christ. They will still be wrestling with this battle on the inside because everyone who comes into counter, who comes and encounters Christ, faces the truth and reality of his power and his majesty. Everyone who went from that crucifixion went home in deep sorrow. We shouldn't be afraid to speak about the name of Jesus. We shouldn't fear about speaking about him. 
His, his name is power. And everyone who encounters will have a choice to make. Some will go home in sorrow. Others might encounter the King of Kings, the Prince of Peace, Hosanna. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. And so with that context, Jesus says the words, he shouts with passion, I entrust my spirit into your hands. And he breathed his last. In this small verse, there are three important points for us to be aware of. The first point is that Jesus is relational at all times. When he speaks this word, he speaks Father. He speaks of a heavenly Father, a true Father. As much as I try to be the best dad I can be, my fatherhood is full of holes, full of loose ends. Jesus addresses Father God as one who is the true Father, as one who is complete and whole in his fatherhood. Jesus is incredibly relational as he breathes his last. Jesus spends his last words in this way. He says, Father. The second thing Jesus does is he expresses his trust. He expresses his trust in his Father. He expresses his trust in the one whom he's known for eternity. He expresses complete trust. Complete trust where he is able to come to a place where he can surrender his own life and entrust his spirit into the hands of his Father. The relationship that Jesus had with Father God created such confidence, created such trust that Jesus could surrender his very life without any doubt. You see, perfect love casts out all fear. We know that from 1 John chapter 4 and verse 8. Jesus knew perfect love. God is love. So there was an ability to trust completely and implicitly. An ability to surrender one's life into that love with confidence, with expectation and with hope. What does this mean for us? This means today that the question, where, where, where is my future going? Who, who holds my future? Whose hands are my future in? Can I encourage you that Jesus in these last words are also calling to us? Jesus invites us into relationship. And because of that relationship, we can trust him. And because we have trust in him, we can surrender. What does this mean for us? We are invited into relationship with God through simply faith, believing that Jesus is who he says he was, believing that what he said is true. That is it. That's all. That is faith. But because of that relationship, we can trust him him because he laid his life down for us so that we could have that relationship and so surrendering becomes far easier we surrender our fears and our worries 
We surrender our concerns. We surrender our desires. We surrender the me things that I want and I think. We can surrender that to him. This is how Jesus lived. This is how Jesus died. We are called into the same. Can I say that? Jesus invites you to relationship with him. And because of him, you have relationship with the Father. And because of that relationship, you can trust him. Because Jesus himself gave his life so that we might have his life. And if it was good enough for Jesus to surrender all, it's okay for us too. What is the worry that you've brought today with you? What is the concern that you have brought with you? Yes, we are all strong and we all walk around with confidence knowing we're going to get through it. But these worries are real and they're in here and they're in here. These concerns, these real life issues that we face. Can I say that we can surrender those to Christ knowing that he is the one who has our future in his hands. He has your future in his hands. Earlier in Luke, as we come to our communion time, Luke records that Jesus took bread and gave thanks and broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, Luke records, after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant of my blood, which is poured out for you. You see, Jesus gave us something very practical. Jesus gave us a communion service, a moment where we can remember him. Remember his relationship to the Father. Remember the trust that he had in the Father. And remember the surrender that Jesus gave. He surrendered his life. So now we can come to this communion table and we can remember that relationship that we now have. We can remember the relationship that Jesus purchased with his blood. Because as he took the cup and it was poured out, It was so that we might have new covenant. The old is gone, the new is here. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. If you received a newsletter, on the back of the news sheet there are two slides. Today we're inviting you to share in communion with us this Good Friday service. There is no ritual you must complete to share at this table. There's no course that you must achieve. To share at this table is only that you recognise Jesus as truth and that he came to set us free from sin. All that is required is that you believe upon his name. That is it. That Jesus has washed away our sin and now our life is in him. So as we share communion together, 
Today, this Good Friday, we wanted to also give some action. We wanted to do something together that would allow us in unity to recognise what Christ has done, that we have been crucified in Christ and that we no longer live, but Christ lives in us. My thoughts and my desires I surrender. My future life I entrust to God. My relationship of immense value is because of Jesus. I have relationship with Father God because Christ lives in me. My record of sin, my wrongdoing has been freely and lovingly forgiven, nailed to the cross, as Colossians 2.14 says. So as we come to communion, we're going to invite you to come forward and receive communion. But before you receive communion, there's a beautiful board. There's a hammer and there are nails. We want to practically identify with this scripture. And so what we're inviting each person to do is to come forward and to take a nail and to bang it into the board upon this scripture. And then with a bit of wool, tie that nail to the cross. And as we each do this, this web, this tapestry will be created. Each of us connected to the work of Christ upon the cross. Each of us connected to the life of Christ. Each of us banging in that nail, proclaiming that I no longer live. I've been crucified with Christ. Jesus lives in me. This will create a unique tapestry, something which is absolutely unique, something which reflects our unity, yet also as individuals we have been forgiven and set free. And so together we recognise that upon this day Christ gave his life so that we might also be together in him and through him. This is a little bit different. We appreciate this. This is a little bit awkward, perhaps. And so, if you would like to receive communion there, please, please remain seated where you are and we will come to you. But if you can, if you're able and willing, we invite you to come forward. Could those who are waiting upon us please come? going to pray and then we're going to have a song played in the background and we'll invite you to come forward Lord Jesus we are so thankful for what you have done for us Lord Jesus we can come freely And know that through your death upon this cruel cross, 
you now are alive in us. Lord Jesus, help us to remember what you have done for us. Lord Jesus, may we put our life into the context of your life. May we put what we face into the context of what you faced. May we put our worries and fears and things that motivate us, things that we desire, into the context of what motivated you and what you desire. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you came. And Lord, on this day, we proclaim that we also have been crucified with you and that we no longer live, but you live in us. That you cancelled the debt, that you cancelled what it was that we could not deal with ourselves, that you have removed it and taken it away nailing it to the cross. Help us, Lord Jesus, to know this precious love shown sacrificially. Help us to know this afresh today as we gather around this table and remember you. We love you, Lord, and we thank you.